0: Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today Cookie CookieCast it's the football podcast and uh, yep, it's that time I'm afraid, it's time when the football podcast takes a small break, obviously after this episode because we've got that whole World Cup thing happening. Um, thought it might be an interesting idea to have a bit of a dive into the season so far so there's uh, stuff from last week and then really getting into the thick of it. Before we start, if you're not already subscribed, please consider subscribing. If you have, that's great. You can also like, share, comment, review, all that good stuff. Send the podcast to a football fan. They might even enjoy it. Right, let's get going. Here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast.
1: Recording in progress. Those delightful words from that wonderful, wonderful woman, who's definitely real and not computer-generated, tell you all that you need to know, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome along. It is what what, whilst not being the last, will be um, the 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 final for a few weeks at least, shall we say? Um, edition of the Cookie Cast Football Podcast. Obviously the uh, the football world is about to be uh, turned on its head for the next four to six weeks with the World Cup that definitely wasn't bought, but we'll not get into that right now because, you know, that's, that's, that's a different topic for a different podcast for a different time. Um, but yes, we are here to discuss last week's uh, goings on in the football world from a Middlesbrough, Hull and Nottingham Forest perspective. However, I'm not on my own to do that as that would be the world's strangest supporter, so, kicking it off this week, we have Hull City supporter, Mr Stuart Woodmansey, how are you sir? Hello, not too bad, could be worse. Story of the season. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into that later on I dare say. Uh, backing him up is uh, Nottingham Forest's finest. He's even got the shirt on. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, you may be able to see his, uh, his, uh, his name. Uh, he's not Matthew Moore for this week. He is 13 points. How are you today, 13 points? I'm very good, very good. Fast and safe, safe. First, first safety point of the season achieved. So, would would it have been better for you to have gone with two more points than the Rams? <laughs> or like
2: eleven point? What was it? Eleven points in? Whatever took them twenty three games
1: less than they did, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> well. We'll we'll we could be here for ages. We'll just turn into the, the uh the, the Rams rant podcast or something like that. <laughs> And rounding out our happy bunch he doesn't have a team per se, but he's here every week providing, providing his knowledge it is the leader, the creator the, the Almighty, if you will, of the uh, Cookie Cast Podcast Network, Mister Andrew Cook. How are you, sir?
0: Honestly, I'm not sure how I feel about the fat shaming. I mean, rounding out, it's a little on the nose, isn't it? But <laughs> I other mean, than that, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. That, that is that is
1: that is superb. That's up there with levels of. I, I'm normally throwing one of those at my at uh, my good lady, to be honest with you, because feels like she's. Uh, commenting on my size quite often that might just be in my head so yes take that uh, take that dirty thought out of your mind mr cook we'll dive in to last week's games so we started the week with as as we said previously the last game before the world cup break uh, and it took place in the east riding where hull city took on reading what happened in this one mr Woodmansey?
3: nothing absolutely nothing nil nil congratulations Aww. we uh... if only it was nil nil i mean it didn't start badly uh, on on 9 minutes jacob greaves put whole one up so having waited an eternity for his first goal that came the the week he's now he's now doubled his tally for the season uh, it lasted the lead lasted about 20 minutes or so um Reading equalised with Yaku Maite, Me- I'm not sure on the pronunciation, uh, but yeah, on 32 minutes, and went into the break 1-1. It uh, seemed to be a bit, a bit of a, a fairly even game really. Um, same shots on target. Home team obviously Hull had slightly more in the possession, but you'd probably expect that. Um, and then, podcast favourite, Ryan Longman, pops up in the 94th minute and stuck it in his own goal. So, yeah, hole one, red in two. um If somebody could please return the paddle because shit creek is looming. <laughs> Never heard it described that way before. But that's uh,
1: that's, that's a pretty good it's uh, a pretty good way of, uh, of talking about it. Yeah, nice. So, two of us had picked a two-one scoreline. That was myself and Mister Mo. Sadly, we had picked that scoreline in respect of the home side. So, no points there. Sadly. Um, I've um, I've I've gone the wrong page in my book. What an absolute tit! I'm so sorry. Um, we'll have to go back because we should have started in the Premier League. I don't know what I don't know what's happened. This is this is an absolute shitstorm. I do apologise. We'll round out the Hull City game, but we will go back. Um, yes, um, myself and Mr Moore two one. Um, neither goal scorer for Hull uh, was correct. Neither goal scorer was was either correct for, for Reading, sadly. I'll will come back to a point that I'm going to make, um, slightly later on. Both Stu and Andy had gone for one-one draws. Didn't get the goal scorer correct for Hull. Didn't get the get either of the goal scorers correct for Reading. However, all three of my colleagues had picked a goal scorer for Hull named Longman. Do I technically give out minus points
0: here? Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, 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 I thought for a second yeah. you were going to say, do I technically give out points here? <laughs>
1: Absolutely not.
0: Minus points? So
1: I'll, I'll just paint you a little picture. I used to do a little predictions game with some of my friends back in the day. Um, and it was usually a case of we have to predict who would win the Premier League, who would finish in the top four, who would get relegated, etc, etc. The season was 2015-16, and one of my relegated sides, I had picked Leicester City. That was the season that Leicester went on to win the Premier League, and it was, just, it was determined that uh, because I got it so horrendously wrong, I would, I would uh, decur, uh, incur a negative 50-point mark,
3: uh, mark for that one. Which was fully deserved, as it was a prediction across the full season one game however really i mean i'm not saying about deducting,
1: deducting minus 50 points just I'm just sure it's point. happened before and we haven't taken points off
2: before that and also <laughs> if we're going to introduce rules mid-season that doesn't work either if we're going to have rules we need to establish the rules at the start of season so you can put this rule in the book ready for next season if you want if you predict a uh, player to score a goal and
3: they score an own goal it's minus one point well that starts next season, Sunshine, not I like year. it. I like it. So Basically we won't be picking on, on current form, don't pick a whole goal scorer because you will absolutely get fucked. <laughs> He's not wrong, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you are uh,
1: keeping on the uh, on the bobby, that is two, if not three, own goals within the last three games. Um, not ideal. Um Yes, so sadly, no points across the board on that one. Um, I do have to go back, though, as I, I do apologise. I, uh, I completely forgot. Our first game of the week took place in Nottingham, where Nottingham Forest took on Crystal Palace. Uh, Mister Moore, what happened here?
2: Well, um, as we
1: kind of alluded
2: to, um, we don't want to jump to the kind of end, but I've kind of spoiled it anyway for everybody by my name. Um, Boris one one nil. Um, and kind of finally another another home win. Um, so yeah, it looks like it, from from what from the highlights that I saw and what I watched, um, it looked like an entertaining game. It looked like quite end to end and stuff like that. And by the commentary and read up on it as well. It also, and like an entertaining game. Um, Palace got given quite possibly the softest penalty I've seen oh, since last week. Um, kind of thing but generally it was i've never seen anything so soft like if we're talking about players throwing themselves to the ground that zaha penalty was one of the worst because i mean warrell had barely given him a cuddle and he chucked i mean it chucked himself to the ground like a toddler having a paddy like you know i've never seen anything like it thankfully he duffed it wide of the post uh but i think it's probably something that Forest need to look at in the break because they have conceded the most amount of penalties uh, in the Premier League at the moment and a good chunk of them are coming from VAR. They're not clear-cut penalties. They're, it's shitty little things that they're doing on the slide that they could get away with in the Championship probably last year. They can't get away with now um, because, one, they've got VAR and, two it would appear that the players are quite willing to chuck themselves to the ground like they've been shot. Um, So, yeah. But that kind of sour note to one side, um, VAR worked in Forrest's favour for the Forrest goal. Uh, A nice bit of play, Brennan Johnson kind of took a shot, came back out to Morgan Gibbs-White, who tucked it into the back of the net. It was initially initially given offside, but... Uh, was overturned by VAR, so one 0 to Forest, and uh, yeah, thirteen points, third in the ta- uh, third from bottom in the table, and uh, making making moves upwards, as it were,
3: until we have Man United on Boxing it. It's still that the bottom half of that table though is incredibly tight in it.
2: Well, I looked at it and I I, I looked up to about eight. I think is kind of like it's only like. Five points away from Forrest, I think, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's not you know." Not that I'm thinking, "Oh yeah, eight, I'm th- "You know, you're just kind of thinking there's a lot of clubs in between." So Forest have got thirteen points, Fulham have got nineteen points. You know, is that realistic? But, but Villa at eleventh, eh, Villa at twelfth with eighteen, is they're all. You have a little run, and they're all quite reachable, kind of thing. The unfortunate thing is the shocking goal difference, but. Yeah.
1: Less said about that, but that's, that. That's the only problem as well, like when it comes down to it, that's basically another point they have to make up, in it really. Yeah. Um, uh, as it as it could very well come down to uh, come down to goal difference at the end of the season. From a predictions perspective, um, Matt and Stu had both predicted two one wins for Crystal Palace. So no points there for the result. Uh, Stude had neither of the goal scorers, whereas Matt's uh, Matt's goal scorer for Nottingham Forest was indeed Gibbs-White. So he gets himself a point there. I'd gone for a 1-1 draw with Gibbs-White scoring for Forest and Eze scoring for Palace. So just the one point for me with the Gibbs-White goal scorer. Andy didn't pick Gibbs-White to score. But he did, pick a, he did pick a 1-0 Forest win. So he gets himself two points for that particular result right there. So after two games for this week uh, Stu yet to score sadly. Then we have myself and Matt both on one point each and Andy leads the week with two points. Our final game took us to Norfolk where Norwich City were taking on Middlesbrough and a stat that I actually didn't give out on the, on the podcast last week as I found it I believe in uh, in true fashion. Within minutes of us finishing the recording, as seemed to be the case, um, Middlesbrough—the uh, last Middlesbrough player to score a goal at Norwich—I believe was Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank in two thousand and four, which um, is ridiculous. Obviously, they haven't played they haven't played Norwich every season since then, uh, and they have actually won at Norwich in that time, but it wasn't on goal. Uh, yeah, so this one. Uh started off as most usual games between Norwich and Middlesbrough do. Norwich took the lead within the first ten minutes, which seems to be a bit of a recurring theme. Uh with Josh Sargent uh notching within the first ten minutes. Um when that, it sort of carried on in that sort of vein until uh, till half time, and then in the second half the uh the fight back kicked into gear very much so with um A decanio esque scissor kick. I don't even know how you would describe it really, because it wasn't—it wasn't an overhead scissor kick. But um, Riley McGree, with uh, both feet off the floor, um, volleyed in the equaliser, and it, and to say that it uh, was in the uh, top bins would be somewhat of an understatement. Let's just put it that way. Um, and. For, for the first time in what feels like a long time, Middlesbrough managed to bag themselves in an in injury-time winner through Matt Crooks. Lovely bit of skill. Out on the right-hand side by Tuber uh, Akpom. Plays the ball into uh, Isaiah Jones, who then reverses the ball back to uh, Akpom at the, at the byline. Cuts it across. And, um, yeah, there he is at the, uh, the near post. Matt Crooks to smash in the winner in the 93rd minute, so Middlesbrough come away from Norfolk with uh, with all three valuable points. Very, uh, very much appreciated. Uh, not so much appreciated from uh, Stu and Matt's perspective as they've gone for Norwich wins. 2-0 for Stu and 2-1 for Matt. No points there. They do, however, both redeem themselves by both picking Sargent to score, so get themselves a point there. I had gone for a 1-1 draw, so disappointed that, obviously, uh, Crooks scored, but not disappointed from the fact that my team got the win. I also do console myself with a sergeant goal scorer for Norwich, so one point there for myself. He's on fire, though, ladies and gentlemen. Rolling off the back of his win for Nottingham Forest with the correct scoreline. He's only going to back it up with a win for Middlesbrough Picking the 2-0 goal scoring line For Mr Cook So a point there Sadly neither of the goal scorers So just sticks with the one point So for our final week Before the break for the World Cup Stew ends the week with one point Myself and Matt get two points Mr Cook takes the win As it were with three points
0: Finally, the season is starting to balance itself out. We're getting back back to form of last season, week in week out. It's gonna be all it's gonna be all good from now on. Exactly.
1: So that is basically it for this part of the season. <laughs> the next games are not due for the Championship clubs until I believe the tenth of December, um, and. Not in the forest. Don't play again till Boxing Day, I believe you said. Mike. Is that correct? No. Uh, but uh, Cook. Cause after Cook, yeah. after we did the pod. Was it
2: like well, one no, of the day after we did the podcast last week, just to date it? Um, the uh, Carabao, I even called it the Coca Cola Cup. Then uh, the Carabao Cup draw was uh, done, and uh, Forest play Blackburn Rovers twentieth or twenty first of December, I think. Um, i didn't i've not seen the they, i think they released the fixtures but i've not seen the date of said fixtures and just uh yeah I was, I was just talking about it then reminded me i'll just try 15
3: try and find it so, wow some, some of the games are 2 days after the world cup final it's very tight
1: um,
3: yep a lot after, of the- I think Graham Potter, the Chelsea manager, has
1: already come out and said. I think a lot of the fans of clubs in the Premier League need to be under the impression that probably going to be a lot of the reserves playing for the first couple of games in the, after Christmas. Uh, and yeah, I so would for I for be surprised to, if that is the case. So first to the twentieth of December.
2: Twentieth December. I mean, I yeah. I mean, obviously Graham Potter said a lot of the play. I mean, realistically, if they come back from I mean it, depends on when they get knocked out of the World Cup. Really. You True, but well, then I would say most of Forest, most of Forest players. We've got seven players going to the World Cup. Um, well, well, five from the squad, current squad, seven in total from like uh, loan players. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think we should be. The, the most of the team, most of the team haven't gone to the World Cup would be the, uh, the uh, I want to
1: say about that. Well, Middlesbrough have lost a grand total of one player, with Riley McGree going off to represent Australia.
3: Um, I don't know if Hull have lost any
1: Estupinan. Yeah.
3: I don't recall seeing too much um, other than Cynic for Turkey. Um, but yeah, I can't. I can't recall seeing anybody else. Nobody was jumping out.
1: A turkey there.
3: Um, pass no. Again, it was an it was an international duty thing that I'd seen. So yeah, Turkey have just played now against Scotland. Mm. Yeah, they won, didn't they? As well.
1: Yeah. Um. So yeah. So in theory, the the Championship clubs would probably not find it that difficult to carry on playing. If it, if we're being honest, but who knows. Some clubs will be affected more than others, so it was just
3: more. It, it was just safer, if not safer. It's it still more fair across the board. It's still still got potential to skew the season, hasn't it because if of of like you say some teams have, have lost more than others, yeah, I mean, might I give us a chance to catch up. So you know, crack on. Exactly. So from a predictions perspective, mm-hmm.
1: that is it. There is no games to predict for the next week. Um, we've decided against doing the England games as they're going to come too thick and fast we won't be able to keep up um, with the schedule Um, so we're going to take a break for another uh, couple of weeks but before we go on that break we are going to give a little bit of a rundown of how we feel the season has gone so far for our particular respective clubs maybe have a look at revising some of our picks that we made earlier in the season and see how we feel if we're feeling uh, confident or maybe want to uh, Maybe want to change one or two of those pigs across the board. Um, but before we do that, we are going to take a very small break, and then when we come back, there'll be a veritable feast of—I um, want to say football—but it's been from the information I've got written down in front of me a bit of a, a bit of a shitstorm. So uh, join us, and we'll uh, we'll all be miserable together. We'll be right back. Recording in progress. Thank you very much. Darlene. That'll be her name from now on. We'll pretty much just go with Darlene. So, as said before, we don't really have anything else to go through on the podcast. So, rather than just sit here and moan about the future, let's let's look back at the past and moan about that instead. So, I have written down the current standings for each of our teams um, Forest end the mini sort of season or go into the mini break as it were. 18th in the division having won three drawn four and lost eight of their quick maths. 15 games played. Their top scorer is Taiwo Yi with three goals. Middlesbrough Go into the mini-break. 14th in the championship, having won seven, drawn six, and lost eight of their, even quicker maths, 21 games, played. Tuba Akpom is their top goalscorer with eight goals. Hull, go into the break, 20th in the championship, having also won seven games, however they have drawn three and lost 11 of their 21. With Oscar Estupinian on eight goals. So, what we're going to do? I've set the I've set the their to task. Uh, I've asked them to think about what their best performance of the season so far is for their respective teams, their player of the season so far for their respective teams, and their one to watch for the rest of the season. I'll get us rolling with the borough stats. So I have picked the three 0 win against Blackpool as our best performance of the season. Granted there have been games where we've scored more goals, but this is the get this is the only game that I've seen personally where at no point were they under any any danger. They block. they managed to sort of completely nullify any attacking threat that Blackpool had. Um killed them off pretty easy and a bit more pretty quickly in the second half and then just were able to play out the rest of the game with absolutely no, no sort of danger of ever being under threat at all. Um, player of the season, pretty simple one to pick. Obviously, Tuba Rappom at this point, given that he started the season not even in the squad, was brought back in because of the, la- the lack of striking options that we had. Um, played the last pre-season game before the season started. It was a surprise inclusion in the first game of the season has kicked on from there, got himself himself a couple of goals, was unfortunate to get injured, uh, and missed a chunk of the season, has come back, uh, and up until this weekend, had scored in every game, under Michael Carrick this season, so the redemption arc for Tuber has been fantastic and great to see, and the one to watch, there was a couple of names, I could have picked in here, could have gone with Hayden Hackney, he's come into the team, in the last couple of weeks, and has really made himself, a bit of a fixture, playing alongside Johnny Housen, in the midfield, um, could have gone with Tuberat. Obviously, he uh, was not a big name at the start of the season. But I've gone for Marcus Foz. Now, I know that will get an eye roll from at least one
3: of the podcast uh, participants. Now, can, can we have minus points for these predictions, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, if he doesn't
1: score again between now and the end of the season, it will just negate any other predictions that I've picked. <laughs> we'll have that. We'll have that as my prediction. But seeing him live in person... I think he's not a, good, he's not a, he's not a striker that, where goals will dictate if he's played well or not. I know that sounds stupid, but occasionally you do get those strikers who play and they're not in the team to score goals. They're in the team to either make space for the other strikers or the other attacking midfielders. Um, he laid on one of the goals against Blackpool. I think his movement is very, very key to the way that Borough are playing at the moment. I think that's what Carrick's got him in the team to do. Um, And, yeah, he'll he'll run himself into the ground. And I think he's almost taken the mantle of the... He's, like, basically a younger, potentially more fit Duncan Watmore. Because that's what Watmore's position in the team was to do, was basically just to run at teams and just pull them out of position. So... I uh, I think it could be a, a much improved second half of the season for Marcus Falls I'm going to come to you next, Stu, if that's all right for your best game player of the season, and you want to watch for the remainder, if that's okay.
3: Okay, so it's a bit of a bit strange one because in terms of performances that have defined the season, I'm 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 almost going bad and good in the respective. Holt had a hell of a start to the season. Everything was looking pretty good, and then they came up against the on the twentieth of August. They came up against the West Brom side that hadn't done anything at that point, and got their pants pulled down. (laughs) Five. They lost five two. And following that game, yeah, they 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 won two between then and where am I looking? The sixteenth of October, <laughs> they'd won two games between the end of August and the end of October, which which was a terrible run. Um, teams that they were getting beat by were like some you would expect, maybe Sheffield United, QPR, fair enough. But three nil at Swansea, bit of a tough one to take. Um, but the, in terms of then. Getting it turned round, weirdly, after what Paul was talking about, is the game against Blackpool. <laughs> um, they went to Blackpool on a bit of a hiding to nothing, really. Everything wasn't exactly going particularly well. And just absolutely played them off the park. And two two decent strikes in that game, uh, one particularly from uh, Greg Dockey. And they've—I'd like to say they've built on that since, but they have very much then gone back to being a mixed bag. But then some of that is probably down to the teams that they've played. A loss to Blackburn, you'd probably expect. Um, but again, flipped, and this isn't me having a go at Paul by any stretch. But three-one at home, the home—the game that Paul was at. Was was difficult to take based on the league positionings because that was the game that Hull also scored two own goals in, and as as we alluded to earlier, seemingly becoming a bit of a problem at the moment. Like three in the last four games is it's getting getting to the point where that's a, that's a training issue rather than it being accidents every time for me. There's there's something about the way they're setting up. That's kind of team teams are maybe maybe playing on that a little bit. I'm not I'm not too sure, but yeah.
1: See,
3: like, whilst I agree, I think there's like there's
1: levels to it, and like the first the first own goal against Borough, yeah, you must you'd argue got to do better there. Two whole players basically got a touch in the vicinity of the goal and still couldn't keep it out, and that's pretty much unforgivable. To be honest with you, the second one was very unlucky from Christie. He was he was basically trying to block the cross and just either didn't get enough on it to put it out for the corner or just got his timings sort of like all mixed up. I was just I was just very unlucky in that the ball just hit him in a way that
3: just basically took it completely out of the keeper's way. Um but yeah you well, like, you're, you are right. The, the one, uh, one earlier in the season though against Huddersfield that was on the, the that was one of the few occasions that we've been on the Sky main channels. 29 minutes in, Louis Coyle, there was no need for him to go for the ball where he did. Threw himself at it, pinged in the goal. It's like There was other players in, in better positions to deal with it. and it, it, it's a, There's a lot of panic at the back, but I still think that that stems from them not being quick enough, personally. Um, so yeah, I kind of went with a with the best and, and worst flavor in, in in that, I guess. But um, player player of the season so far. I mean, everybody will point towards the fact that pinion has got eight goals, but he's been brought in as a poacher and very much is doing that job. Like that, that's that's not a shock that he's he's got the goal. I mean, yes, he scored eight goals, but I mean. Cumulative distance must be no more than twenty five yards. Um, I'm my my player so far, surprisingly, Greg Doherty for me, and that, that might be a bit bit of a shock with bigger names in the team, but he's had to fight for his place, I think, and it's been a bit turbulent with the change in manager, then going to um, obviously Dorse, there's this temporary charge, and now. We've not really seen too much of uh, Rossini's management yet. We're only a couple of games in, but he's—he to me, when when all the bigger signings were going on in the summer, he must have thought, mm, "I don't even know if I'm going to get in here." And yet, I would suspect he's probably first, if not second, name on the team sheet now at the moment every week. So, so I'm going to go with, with Greg Doherty.
1: And if you were picked to go for a player to sort of watch for like for to come like round for the sort of the the
3: next well, portion of the season, the the breaks come at an interesting time because we we have a lot of injuries as well, which I'm not going to blame that barren spell on, but we did we did have a lot of players out during that point, and we're still waiting on three of them to come back. Um, one of which I'm going to pick as my one to watch because. I enjoyed watching him last season. He is due back for, for the Christmas spell, so I'm, I i can't look past Syed Manesh because we've been slow in certain areas and moving the ball. He is not a slow player, so hopefully that'll... Uh, whether the, whether he'll start, don't know, but he's definitely, on his, on his comeback from injury, he's definitely got that ability to be the impact player that can change a game for sure.
1: Dare I suggest we could be uh,
3: using the urge, the age-old thing of, ooh, will feel like a new sign-in. Well, it kind of will in a way. But, but uh, speaking of which as well, there's that owl lad Mahand who's not even played a game yet, but oh, he's, due, yeah. he's due back from injury. So we technically have got a new, uh, new sign-in. And I mean, I mean, we, we couldn't have timed it
1: any better. Speaking of new sign would bring us on to Nottingham Forest. <laughs> It just, it just sat out perfectly Matt I had, I had to take the swing I had to take the swing so we come to Nottingham Forest so I think I probably might well actually saying that there's probably a couple I could probably yeah, pick from this for your perspective but which would you have down as the best game well so I'll, I'll kind of I'll chuck in like a couple of mentions so
2: the Spurs uh Carabao Cup game is is a kind of big mention Um just um, it was nice to beat Spurs, but I think the dominant display that they gave against a decent Spurs side was was there. Um, I think like it's going to sound kind of dead cheesy and kind of cringeworthy, but the West Ham win was just nice to kind of it was just first match back and the atmosphere, kind of watching on telly and all that kind of thing, it was just really good to see and then come up the, come with the win on the other end of it. But yeah, ob- most obvious one is the one 0 win against Liverpool kind of thing, which. You know, whether they're underachieving, whether they're doing this, whether Cliffy Klopp's got a whinge about something else or whatever. I I don't give a shit, mate. You know, we won 1-0 and, you know, we could have lost 4-5-1, whatever. But, you know, it was just that it was a kind of like... Obviously, it wasn't the turning point because then they went went to Arsenal and got stuffed 5-0 the week after. But it kind of felt like there was something something there kind of thing. It wasn't going to be this kind of like dour kind of season where, you know, I know we've joked about getting to 11 points or getting to 12 points, but there was one point where you're like, I mean, that might just be the target for this year. Just don't don't be worse than Derby kind of thing. Um, but but I think that Liverpool, the Liverpool game, the Liverpool game combined with the Spurs game, Kind of gave a little bit more, kind of a hope and a platform as well. Would you um, would you say George that George didn't appreciate that one apparently.
3: Uh, would you say that that's more that you said you felt that you felt something had changed? Is that because ultimately they're they probably going to be relying on that home form, and that that was the start of like building that home form really? Because I think
2: it was it was the keeping the clean sheet as well. You know, like I think. There was like two weeks on the trot where we lost 3-2 to Brentford and Fulham, which at home, which was
3: just absolutely shocking because those were games where we should have been picking up points um, and, and they didn't and they shipped goals and
2: they, they took the lead and they looked comfortable and then they were shipping goals within like three minutes where there seems to be a bit, bit more kind of sturdiness to it now. There seems to be a little bit more fight and... Um, and players who were either big money, like the club paying big money for them to come into the club, or apparently paying them big wages to come into the club, seem to have started to find a bit of swagger about them and a bit of kind of, you know, they look like the player that we thought we were signing. You know, Gibbs-White is starting to look like the player that we thought we were getting. You know, Lingard starting to look like the player that we thought we were, that was rumoured to, to exist somewhere within that body uh, or something like
3: that Um, outside of Manchester (laughs) yeah
2: Um, but yeah so I think there's kind of like a a, a, all the the players that came with all the hype are starting to look like the players that deserve the hype um, kind of thing even Lodi who you know he's missed out on the Brazil squad but he seems to look like he's decent I mean still for left back, and maybe I'm just old school, and I sound like my old primary school teacher who used to bollock us for being let if you were if you were the right back or left back for going over the halfway line, you know. But when he's the furthest man forward, that's still, I my head just can't deal with that. Um, but yeah,
3: so yeah, is, it is it is the, it is the Liverpool win. I think the resilience of the team kind of thing, and it kind of brought everyone together, and yeah, kind of gave the fans a bit of something because there was a lot of discontent kind of starting to brew kind of thing and I know I mean football fans on the whole are very fickle Forest fans are incredibly
1: fickle and there was oh you know is Cooper up to it and all that kind of thing yeah I I don't think you're uh, you're on your own in the fickle uh, brigade there mate certainly uh, not certainly amongst these particular teams that are discussed on this podcast let's put it that way um, if you were pushed player of the season so far, you're gonna love this one. I, I genuinely think it's Ryan Yates. Oh, I really? Think, I, I, I genuinely I, think it's Ryan Yates. He's he's of the of the players that have like come up with him. He's probably the one who's made the step up the best. I think him and McKenna. I, I, I was I was really toying with it and. Like McKenna's, been, McKenna's been a mainstay and he's been in the team constantly uh, and he is a
3: really, really good player um, he's had some absolute nightmares though um, I, I mean, Dean Henderson could come as a mention as well um,
2: but it sounds awful when you say it, when you're having that many shots on goal you keep him, he's going to look really, really good and he has looked really, really good that Liverpool win was um was down to him, basically. Uh, but I just think Yates has come back into the team and you can see like when he, obviously he got dropped early on in the season. He, he was starting early on in the season, he got dropped early on in the season. And then since he's come back into the team, he's the captain, like on-field captain. <clears throat> and you can see there seems to be a bit more drive about him, a bit more organisation about him. They kind of, not they've taken on his personality because that's not what we want completely. But it seems to have Kind of, really, kind of taken the team by, like leading by example and stuff like that. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go Ryan Yates as the kind of play, best player so far this season. This, this, the break is probably if if the break would have been two or three weeks from now, it might have been more. It might have been Gibbs White because he's been outstanding the past two, three games. Um, he's been
1: like everything that, that we thought we were going to get from him kind of thing yeah. it's just took a while to settle it yeah like you said I think there would have been an argument to have, made, to have been made for Dean Henderson but if you take his penalty saves away has he really been that good I mean he's <laughs> conceded he he, a, you know, he a lot of goals but you know a lot of goals and arguably if, 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 like, if you keep us winning like player of the season it's usually because he's made saves that have won your games yeah I can really think of that Liverpool game where that was the case so. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. that's fair enough. Um, and if you uh, if you had to give us a, a, a player to watch or a one to watch for the rest of the season, that you reckon might sort of be one of the ones who sort of goes towards being the reason that might keep them up, if that is the case. I think
2: oh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I mean we've we signed so many players, so there might there's, there's going to be quite a few uh, kind of things. So I think if if we work, work, work back to front, I think near coming in in defence coming back. In defence, he could be a real kind of thing. Cause I think he was the 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 star of those first few games where they'd kind of you know narrowly got beaten at Newcastle, obviously beat West Ham, drew with Everton, I think. Um, those kind of three or four games, and then he got injured, and then we got stuffed by Man City, and then it kind of capitulated from there. Um, I'm hoping in midfield that Mangala and Broiler is really looking like he's starting to boss the midfield. Kind of little passes, little kind of like intricate things that um, those two. And then up front, uh, Gibbs White. I think Gibbs White is the one to look towards up front. Um, and then just as like a sneaky kind of... He's already signed, so I don't know if he'll be counted count as, as a January sign. He's on a, a like a Bosman free kind of thing. Um, Gustavo Scarpa. Uh, which is he was a Brazilian kind of playmaker, he kind of player that they've signed, um, and apparently he's really good. But then also on Twitter the other day they were asking him about his English, and he's like, "Oh, you have to apologise. I've learnt I've learnt English in uh, in American in an American accent, so I'm mainly speaking an American accent." And then they said, "Well, can you say anything in English?" And then he kind of put on some like Dick Van Dyke kind of. Give us a bottle of water, mate. Kind of thing, and it was it was quite amusing kind of thing. And he, it, obviously, he realised that it was absolutely terrible kind of thing. But oh dear, I mean, hopefully, skills, you know, be skillful player and, and up, but also kind of also like seems like a decent guy, kind of coming into the team and fits kind of fits in with the squad as
1: well. So that is the kind of the first half of the season. Well, I say first half, the first portion of the season, sort of. Neatly wrapped up. We've given where the teams are in the league. We've given the what we feel is the best performances, etc., etc. So the only thing that's left to do really is I've given us all the chance to revise our season-long picks that we made at the start of the season. So I will go through those now. We'll start with Nottingham Forest. Uh, we were each asked where we felt they would finish this season and who would be the top goal scorer. Surprisingly enough. Across the board, we all went for Brennan Johnson as the top goal scorer. Position wise, I was the least optimistic, having not enforced to finish eighteenth. Matt had them finishing sixteenth, Stu fourteenth, and Andy, the most optimistic of all, had them finishing in the European places in sixth. Now that we've had fifteen games or so. Does anyone want to have a little go at another pick for where they might finish? Andrew had his fan and his hand straight up there. Where would you like to Where, where would you like to revise your pick to, Mister Cook?
0: Fourteenth position.
1: So he still hasn't stayed up, ladies and gentlemen. Sadly, they're going to have to wait that extra season for him to go into the Europa League. I'll I'll go in next. I am not going to change my uh, my pick on this one. I think I'm still I'm still going from the finish eighteenth. I, I I don't want it to happen. I just think it's Fulham have kind of pulled themselves away for me. They've proved that they can actually do it in the Premier League. I reckon they'll be they'll be good enough to sort of stay out of it now. So it's just a case of whether they can keep three or four teams in and around them, and I don't know if that'll happen when other teams start to pick up results and stuff like that so unfortunately for me I'm going to stick with what I've said at the 18th at this particular point um, Stu or Matt it's, uh,
3: it's up to you to, uh, to dive in at this point um, I am going to change mine not as drastically as uh, perhaps Andy's change was and certainly not, not as pessimistic as Paul's but I was 14th I am going to change it to 16th just as you say Fulham seem to have pulled themselves away um, Villa have obviously just got a bit of new manager swagger with the uh, Unai Emery appointment Leicester seem to be turning a bit of a corner as well but other than those teams it it, it could be a shootout Leeds, Leeds are very hit and miss Ham are just exactly that in some weeks um, Everton it depends when they fire Frank let's be honest um, so it, it 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 could be it could be close for quite a few, but we've we've mentioned other teams stands turn a corner. I, I don't think you can really rule Forest out of that bracket either at the moment. It's just that they had to start a little bit lower down. So I'll I'm, I'm going to go for, from from 14th to 16th.
1: Got the Mr. Bull round us out nicely, or are you sticking on your sixteenth pick? I'm sticking with sixteenth. I'm sticking with
2: sixteenth. Like looking looking around looking around the the teams that are around us, I think you know, obviously Wolves have got a new manager coming in, we'll see how that goes. Southampton have got another new, new manager coming in, we'll see how that goes. Um But then Everton, you know, they're they're a bad team. And there doesn't look like there's gonna be any players coming in soon. Um West Ham will probably pull away. But Bournemouth seems to be kinda of dropping quite quickly. Um so that that's that's the hope that, that Bournemouth keep on dropping. Um,
1: um but we'll uh well yeah, I'm sticking with sixteenth. Very nice. So we've all had a chance there. Stu and Andy have both changed their mind, myself and Matt both sticking to our guns with that one. Now, when it comes to the top goal scorer, does anyone want to jump off Mr. Johnson? Or are you happy to stick with your pick of Brendan Johnson as your top goal scorer?
0: I rewrote a pick for each of the teams and looking at what I've written, I've written Brendan Johnson. So, apparently, no, I don't want to change my pick what you come for ladies and gentlemen consistency
1: consistency from a goal scorer perspective, I on the other hand have changed my mind uh, and I do think, I think we actually covered this in the podcast, we said once he gets one he'll start banging him in and he's got two in two so I've gone for Gibbs White to end up as the top goal scorer any advance from either of you two guys? I want to change, but I don't know who to change to. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> I did toy with the idea of putting Dennis in because I think he could be another one that because that's how he was at Watford. If he hit a, if he hit a bit of a sort of a patch of like getting one, he'd get like two or three. And I think he's that of them, sort of guy who could do that. It's one of them ones where
2: it, the the person who ends up being Forrest's top scorer might not be at the club yet. I think it's it's if he go and do a bit do a bit of business it in. After uh, Christmas, um, or if I mean, if a one year's got three, I mean that's not too bad considering how bad how bad we've been. Um, I'll go on, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a bit of faith in him. A one year,
1: so Matt jumping
3: to a one year, Stu. I'm gonna stay because purely for the reason that. So they brought all these players in. He is the star man from last last time round. that's still, in a goal scoring for, uh, form, certainly got to step up. Still, so even if they do do a bit of business at Christmas, could could it could it feasibly be that they do some business at Christmas and by the end of the season he's on his way if he hasn't performed because uh, you know what what motivation. That could be for the second half, so I'll stick, I'll, I'll stick with the Johnson. Yeah. Very nice. So, that is Nottingham Forest done and dusted. We've
1: still got Middlesbrough and Hull to come. But, before we discuss either of those two, we are going to take a very small, small break just to uh, reinvigorate ourselves. Think long and hard if we want to change our mind on any picture made for Hull or for Middlesbrough. So, don't touch that dial Will be right back with you. Recording in progress. Thank you, Diane. See, she's she's only been gone for 40 minutes and she's already changed names. What a whore. Anyway, so we've covered Not in the Forest, we've revised our picks. Some of us haven't, some of us have decided to stay on the particular hill that we were willing to die on. We'll move to Middlesbrough next and we'll finish with obviously the best. We'll leave, them. We'll leave the best to last and we'll do all well at the end, shall we? You know, one of the better teams first, stick the dross in the middle, finish with the best. So it's the, the lowest rank though, is they <laughs> The three? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, D-Ream said it themselves. Oh no, no they didn't. I was going to say, things are going to get better. Definitely wasn't them, so. Um, so, Yes, we'll come on to Middlesbrough. So, at the start of the season, Andy had picked Middlesbrough to win the league. I had picked Middlesbrough to finish second. Matt had gone for Middlesbrough to finish sixth. And Stu had gone for Middlesbrough to finish seventh. Would anyone like to revise their pick? Andy, straight straight up. So, just to clarify, Middlesbrough currently find themselves in 14th place after
3: 21 games. But to be fair, they're only two games back from 4th place. So that's how tight it is, just in case you, you dive in with your 19th place prediction.
0: 7th for me, please.
3: Oh, so
1: he had him winning the league at the start of the season. He now doesn't even think they'll make the playoffs.
0: I, I really wanted to believe I mean uh, uh, at the start of the season I absolutely did believe I was like Middler have got what, it, what it's going to take to get up and I think I, I do believe they're going to have a better second half of the season kind of after this break I think they're going to come back strong new manager and you know they seem to <coughs> like players st- are seeming to start and to shine in the areas that you know in the goal scoring areas um, my fear is that they've not done enough at the start of the season to get to that first place so um, a slight change still still somewhat optimistic but
1: fair enough can't see any uh, can't see any problems with that so you fine uh, Matt Stu I'm going to stick so Matt had picked sixth, and he's going to stick with sixth. He thinks they've got enough to basically just about get themselves into the playoffs. I like it, Stu? Did I have eighth? Was that? You
3: had seventh. Seventh. So you basically had where Andy is now lurking. Um, I'm, unfortunately for you, Paul, I'm going to change it to nine. I think that they have that as as Andy rightly pointed out, they have that potential to have a, a better second half of the season. But this is purely based on your misplaced trust in force. He's not good. And as we know, ladies and gentlemen, one one player does indeed make an entire team, so Yeah, but if he if, if you knew if your new setup's insistent on playing him, he'll get found out very quickly. And then need to be replaced. So it's then, then what do you do then? So it's it's like you say, it's not the entire team, but I mean, Figueredo is a one-man calamity in our defence, so I can force not be a one-man calamity in your attack. Do you know what I mean? It's it is doable.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I think that is fair enough, and obviously, listen, it would be it would be silly to think that you know. He's he, Carrick's going to come in. Granted, he's had five games in charge. He's won three, drawn one, and lost the other. Um, so he's not going to keep those. Those figures are going to continue to work forever. He's going he's gonna to lose games. He's going to draw games. Uh, I do think though, there is there is always that one team that seems to sort of come from nowhere and puts a bit of a run together. So like last season. Luton was that team that was up there for the majority of the season got into the playoffs and obviously got got knocked out by Huddersfield but given how tight the league is it's obviously Stu covered there six points gets you from pretty much inside the bottom three to inside the playoffs as it stands Borough are already four points off the playoffs so Millwall currently in the last playoff spot on 31 points Borough in 14th on 27 points. Um so they're four points off the playoffs, they're equally four points off the relegation zone. So very much a case of a cu- couple of wins, couple of defeats, puts you right back in it in, in both ends of the table. So I think the way that they're set up under Carrick. As it stands at the moment, they're going to win more games than they're going to lose just because of the way that he's got on playing, the confidence that he's instilled in them. So I have changed my my mind. I don't think they're going to finish second anymore. I've not gone so crazy to say they're going to win the league. (laughs) But I do think there's enough quality in that squad where they might just sneak the last playoff spot. So I've gone for them to finish sixth. That moves us to the top goal score of prediction. And as it currently stands it is Tuba on 8 goals. At the start of the season shock horror no one had picked Tuba to be the middles of the Middlesbrough top goal scorer. Mainly because I don't think he was listed in the squad. So at the start of the season I had listed unsigned striker as my top goal scorer and then was called out for it so changed to Riley McGree <clears throat> Stu went with Josh Coburn currently on loan at Bristol Rovers Matt had gone with Matt Crooks and Andy went with Duncan Watmore so to put that perspective I believe McGree is on three in fact I think they're all on three apart from Watmore who might be on four Let me just double-check that. Uh, That sounded about right. (laughs) Talk amongst yourselves. Oh, yeah, lovely weather we're having. (laughs) Yeah, I can't find it. Um, So, um, would anyone like to change their pick?
3: Um, So, on the basis of the... Middlesbrough can't play Bristol Rovers and therefore you wouldn't be able to play anyway if he could, but obviously I'm not allowed minus points if he scored against, so um, yeah, I think I probably need to change mine, don't I? Probably. Well I might as well might as well jump on Akpon before everybody else does it, I <laughs> Jumps on the
1: As I saw someone had put on social media the other day, the choo choo -choo tuber (laughs) trade. Matt, still happy to stick with Crooks?
2: I'm going to go kind of left field
1: here. I'm going to go with Muniz. Ooh. So, some potential talk that he might get his loan terminated in January. Sure. but no, I mean, that's not that's nothing like certain. And obviously, he wasn't brought into the club under
3: the pre, the, the current regime, so you and can that, never tell. That's another thing that the World Cup's going to goose because he would have between now and then to prove himself, and a, a month of it's missing, like
0: Mister Cook, <laughs> I feel I feel like I'm in a bit of a situation there because I was going to change my goal scorer, um and I had put uh, put tuba down. Um, part of me doesn't want to be the guy who now jumps on the, the bandwagon, so part of me is thinking, I mean, you know, would it be the worst thing to pick for us? Um, but do I, do I stick with, do I stick with what more? He's, he's not doing that badly. I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to do it. Whatmore. Sticky with dung.
1: Yeah, big dung. What more? Hasn't played yet under uh, Carrick. Straight like, but not not for not for selection reasons. I think he he, he, he he took a bang to the head apparently against Huddersfield, and they haven't officially come out and said it, but I think they're keeping him out because they're scared he might have like concussion syndrome. At no point in any of the stuff on the website, they ever used the phrase concussion.
0: Information that, that that might might have been useful before making up. But anyway,
1: I don't know what I, I, I don't know what to say, uh, Mister Cook. Um, but you never know. I mean, to be fair, if he has got a concussion, he's got six weeks to get over it. Let's be honest. So, well, four, three, three, three. Three. Um, I have changed my mind. I was obviously unsigned striker was a bit of an, a, a bit of a, a bit of a cop out pick, and despite his and I quote scissor bastard against Norwich at the weekend, I can't see Riley McGree continuing his hot streak and getting more um, or getting enough to challenge the uh, the likes of Tuber and the uh, and the rest of the strikers. So I have jumped on Tuber for the rest of the season. So I have gone for to finish the season as a top goal story I'm really crossing my fingers that he can get to 20 in the league because Middlesbrough haven't had a 20 league goal season striker since 1990 I believe we're the the English league club with the longest drought since they've had a 20 goal a season in the league striker so
0: Ravinelli
3: never
1: got 20 he got 30 in all competitions but he only got 16 in the league (sighs) So I thought that. So, like, Yakubu's got like 20 in all competitions. Um, I think Bamford was one shy. He got 19 one season. But yeah, they haven't had a, a striker that got 20 in a, in a season. In uh, not, not even Pies either. Good old Vanduka. Pies Viduca. Oh, I thought you was saying, th- I thought Pies was 20 in a season.
3: No, no, no. I was, refer- I was referring to uh, Mr. Mark Viduca.
1: Yeah, Dukes,
3: not Pies. No, no, it was was known as Pies around this. this Pies. So,
1: Middlesbrough, done and dusted. Forest, done and dusted, which leaves Hull City. So, start of the season. I was the least optimistic. I had gone for Hull to finish in 13th position. Stu had gone for 11th position. Matt and Andy both went with eighth would anyone like to revise their selection oh no Andy's waving his hand he looks apologetic this could be bad ladies and gentlemen
0: before making um, making any changes or picks or anything like that I did uh, take myself over to the current standings and have a little look um, I am apologetic. You are correct. Um, I've moved my uh, my needle down a little bit to hull finishing sixteenth this season. I'm afraid. Um, I'd, I'd take it
3: now, Andy. I'd absolutely take it
0: now. Yeah. Well,
1: not not to put too fine a point there, but if he if he wasn't happy with that, he's definitely going to be disappointed with me putting him to finish seventeenth. But again, he said he'd take your hand off. So it was one of yeah, those I when
0: I looked at the when I looked at the standings, both um, both Borough and Hull have given them higher than what they are now, which I feel is is doable, is achievable for both teams, um, but but a lot lower than I originally predicted.
1: Yeah, I know. I know that Hull obviously haven't had the new ma- they haven't had the new manager bounce for as long as Borough have had with Carrick, and that he's only had. Two, three games in charge now.
3: Yeah,
1: I just don't get the feeling that like I mean it could it could click like I mean like if they, if they get a couple of wins
3: as soon as the as soon as the season restarts, that, <laughs> that might get
0: <laughs> okay.
3: That. So I, I'll I'll tell you now that the first game back after the break is uh, at Watford, and uh, that's probably not going to go well. Uh, and uh, the, so yeah, the game. What are the game following Watford? It's, it's Sunderland at home, so that may be a bit more doable. Yeah, they'll do those bastards. They're shit. Um,
1: we'll come to you at the end, as it is your team, Matt. Have you? Uh, do you want to revise your pick of eighth? Yeah, yeah, fourteenth. Fourteenth. In mid-table mediocrity. I mean, like you said, there. To be honest with you. As long as they don't finish twenty second or below,
3: finish anywhere. Really? You look. At, you look at I the disagree with that. I disagree with that on the basis of the whole point of this season was that it was a fresh start, the first crack under the new owners. It like there there was all this talk from them about they don't want the Premier League in five seasons; they want it sooner and all of it like. If they do not finish higher than they finished last year, it can be described as nothing short of disastrous. Um, but I think it's been a solid lesson so far for the new owners of Championship Manager does not work in real life. Um, you cannot fill the entire team with people that you have heard of once because they played for Turkey um, and then subsequently go on to win the league. That will not happen. Um so, yeah, I, I, it, it's, it's got the potential to be that steep learning curve, but how steep will it be? Are they going to be trying to finish higher than they'd finished in the same league last season, or are they going to be trying to win League One again next season? That's uh, the question for me. Sorry, Mark, jumped on you then. Oh, I, I think 14th for me, I think there's there's plenty of... The three
2: teams below them, like in the relegation zone, but poor... They're really, they're really bad teams, and there's, there's teams above you that are just, I don't know,
1: like your Rotherhams, your Birminghams, those kind of teams like that, that are... And I know they were beat. sorry to jump in, I know they were beaten by Reading at the weekend, but they look like, I mean, they were a lot of people's favourites to go down at the start of the season, and they look like they're just a couple of bad results away from just imploding, so... So what was mine? You had said 11th, I believe. Let me just double-check.
3: You had said 11th at the start of the season. Okay. Um, stick me down for 19th.
1: Okay. So that's all of our team's league positions re Top scorer perspective, at the start of the season... I had picked the uh, very unfortunate Syed Manesh. Has he scored yet? I know he's been injured. Oh.
3: No, he's 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 pretty much yeah been been injured. What two or three games <laughs> it feels like. Yes, um, he, he has not. He has not featured um, in the goal-scoring charts. He isn't even listed on the top assists chart. God damn it! Um, Andy had gone for podcast
1: villain I suppose at this week in Ryan Longman Matt had gone for Benjamin Atete and Stu had picked the current top goalscorer Oscar Estupinian so does anyone want to change their mind I would have sticked with Syed Manesh but I honestly don't know when he's going to be fit again, so I've jumped straight onto the Estupinian train. <laughs> <do. laughs> I'm getting a nod of approval from Mr. Moore and Mr. Cook.
0: Uh, it's one of those. One right I, I decided not to jump on the bandwagon with Burrow, but uh, un- unfortunately, I had to offset it by jumping on the bandwagon with Hull.
3: It's that, it's that thing for him, though, like I said earlier in the podcast. Like, he he is there to be that poaching striker, like the the three or four that are in the chasing pack. So like your two Fan and your Pelcas and, and your Longman probably aren't going to pick him up at the same rate that he or, or or a higher rate than he is across the course of the season because he'll just be lurking like a big gangly bastard, a big gangly goal scoring bastard. Hopefully, so we'll see. Does that mean you're sticking with him? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I don't get told I'm, I'm right very often, so I'll take it mid-season. So.
1: Well. <coughs> so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So, just to clarify, our, na- our revised season-long picks for Nottingham Forest. I have said that they will still finish 18th. Stu and Matt have gone 16th, and Andy's gone for them to finish 14th. Stu and Andy have stuck with Brendan Johnson for their top goal scorers. Matt has m- moved on to Taiwo Wanyi and I have jumped on to Morgan Gibbs White. For the borough, Stu has the borough finishing in ninth, Andy in seventh. Myself and Matt have both got them just squeaking in from the playoffs in sixth. Um, Andy has stuck with what more to be the, goals, uh, the top goal scorer? Matt has moved on to Muniz. Myself and Stu have jumped on to the Tuba train for a bit of act on action. And for Holt, Stu has uh, switched from the finishing 19th, myself 17th, Andy 16th, and Matt is the most optimistic, with a 14th place finished. And as, you, uh, as you've just heard, we have all jumped on to Mr. Oscar Estupinian to finish the season as the top goalscorer. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of this week's podcast. And like I said before, is the uh, is the end of the podcast for a number of weeks. Like I said, we are going to take a short break uh, whilst the World Cup is on, to recharge the batteries, um, just reassess and, and bring you some more delightful Forest whole Borough-based content in the new year. Is or, this the point?
3: Is this the point where the the, the manager, i.e. Andy, arranges the one weather training for us all, and we just all go on holiday now? That is what I heard, and that is the main reason as to why we cannot
1: provide the content in the in the upcoming weeks. Um. Where have you managed to get us uh, as the location, Andrew? Is it um, the English Riviera of Turkey?
0: Um, I I called in some favors at Hull, and we're all off to Turkey for two weeks. <laughs> well, I think
3: I think the email came back was that Andy had ordered a turkey, but unfortunately, bird flu has also taken that option away. So. Never mind. So
1: close. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. So yes, yeah, so there won't be any podcast for the next uh, two or three weeks, but we will be back uh, in time to predict the first set of games that are due back on tenth of December. So mark your calendars for that previous week, as there will be some content coming out in that particular time. In the meantime, if you're watching, enjoy the World Cup. If you're not watching, Fair play, I know there's a few people that are not going to watch on moral grounds and whatnot, but again, we won't get into that because that's uh, a topic for a different particular time. Um, If you're bored one weekend, why not go and support your local non-league club? Or just go to Aleppo United. Or go and watch Wrexham as I believe anyone who's a a Disney Plus uh, subscriber (laughs) Pretty much now does. So, anytime the and boys are in town, go chill out with uh, Bring on the Deadpool and Rob McElhenny. So, you know.
0: Rexham's worldwide yes. fan base has gone through the
1: room. Oh, absolutely. I imagine the uh, supporters' uh, supporters trust has never seen so many Apple I bet
0: they can't people. print the shirts fast enough. <laughs>
1: Well, yes, thank you for uh, thank you for tuning in and uh, listening, watching, subscribing, sharing, tweeting, instaing, de- TikToking. I, I I can't imagine that's an arm of the of the podcast at this particular point, but if you're giving it a go, more power to you, kids. Uh, yes, so we're going to be away for another co- another couple of weeks, but we will be back uh, the week before the tenth of December. So. We will catch you in a few weeks' time. Goodbye.
0: So there you go, what do you think of that? Football's done for a little while. I mean, not all football. You've got World Cup football, the biggest of all the football. But more local, close-to-home football is on pause for a little while, and so is the Football Podcast. Literally going to be a couple of weeks, I imagine. So uh, not too long to wait until we're back talking more football. Till then, do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. It's the best way to find out when there are new episodes of the podcast. And uh, if you want to check out the website, it's thecookiecast.com. We've got some uh, social media links and email button over there for you to get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Till next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then.
2: Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.